Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It is Sunday, May 16th, and today we are airing the second part of our interview with Ellen Bennett. Ellen Bennett is the founder of Headley and Bennett. It's a cool company. You should check it out. But more importantly, her story is the basis of a book she wrote called Dream First, Details Later, How to Quit Overthinking and Make It Happen. In this second part of the interview, we talk about her career, the decisions she made, the amazing adaptability that she has fostered in a company that, by all accounts, just did it a different way. And so here is part two of our interview with Ellen Bennett. The uniforms and the stuff that chefs wear is kind of nasty. Yes. Don't you think? Like, it is, it's silly, right? It's always been made in mass volume just with the worst quality ingredient ever, the worst material, and nobody put any thought into any of it. I'm talking about the chef coats, the pants, the shirts, the jackets, the apron, right? And this is the gear that you're wearing while you're essentially going into battle nightly. You don't know what's going to happen and you have a football game in front of you of an evening, right? And so I just realized that all of us were in there making the most stunning food. I'm talking about $700 a person type of a meal. And yet we all looked and felt kind of crappy and didn't feel like we were this team of, you know, conquerors. Instead, we felt like we were like these people wearing bags around our bodies. And I wanted to make gear that made people look and feel awesome so that they had this sort of dignity and pride to whatever it was that, that they were doing, whether they were a line cook or the executive chef or the dishwasher, like everybody in that kitchen matters because we needed all people to get to the finish line. And that was the crux of it. It was like this feeling of confidence that I wanted to give to people and myself included. And it started with an apron. And, you know, I could have been I could have gone with chef coats or something else, but I just chose an apron because it was something you could put on over your head and it had immediate impact. And when I came up with that idea, people were like, well, that's cute. Good luck with your cute idea. That's kind of like, like a grandma apron, right? And I'm like, no, it's not a freaking grandma apron. I'm like, guys, we're trying to change the way the culinary world shows up for its people. This is a much bigger thing that I'm trying to do. Then Headley and Bennett was born a few weeks later, which I can go into. But that was that was the heart 
the heartbeat of it. And the way it was actually born was that you, again, having the moxie and the wherewithal that when your boss is like, oh, you know, we're getting new, we're putting a new order in or you're putting an, a bid out, you're like, oh, I can do that, right? Yep. He literally was telling me about some other person that was going to make aprons. And I had this idea of the aprons already. And I just blurted it out before I'd fully processed how I was going to execute on said company. I said, I have an apron company. I will make you those aprons. What's her turnaround? Let's figure this out. And he was just like, what? It almost got like the wind knocked out of him by my my enthusiasm and attitude about, yes, I can do this. Give me the opportunity, please. And he gave it to me. So out of the blue, I had an order of 40 aprons as a line cook standing in this restaurant. And I had to figure it out because now my job was on the line and a chef that I respected very much, Joseph Centeno, had given me the opportunity and there's nothing like a deadline to get you to get going. So I committed and I delivered those first aprons. And let me tell you, Jill, they sucked. They were not good <laughs> aprons. They were not. But if I had sat there and analyzed till I was blue in the face, I don't know that I would have done it. I wouldn't, I don't know that I would have tried on my own, but it, I needed an outside circumstance to push me to the edge to get me to take that leap. You know, this is, I think, very instructive, which is the first iteration of any idea is probably not your best iteration. That's right. And this business that you created, by the way, very fancy name, Headley, which sounds, you know, super highfalutin and Bennett, which is your last name. Yep. Uh, what's the Headley part, of, just so people know? Headley was my English grandfather and Bennett represents my Latin side. So it's a combination of like dignified and proper and timeless combined with like colorful whimsy and, you know, just leap out the window and make things happen in life attitude. And the combination is our company, Headley and Bennett. So if you go to our website, it's like extraordinarily colorful and really friendly, but at the same time, it has this air of like, you can't quite put your finger on when it when it happened or when it was uh, founded, because that's what we, what we want. We want it to be timeless for the ages. We're going for the long game here, not a flash in the pan, sexy startup that lasts six months. So the name of the book is Dream First, Details Later, How to Quit Overthinking and Make It Happen. I mean, this is really just, this is your life. This is what you do. You don't overthink it. You're making it happen and you adapt along the way. That's what's so striking to me about you and your story. And so as this business is beginning you bootstrap it, right? You don't, you don't have some angel investor. There's not some dude coming down from uh, Silicon Valley saying like, oh, l let us help you grow your business. This is all you, right? There were no dudes at the time. And I, it really, the way I did it was I took $300 out of my savings account, uh, which was basically all the money that was in there. And I had taken a deposit on that first order and I mm -hmm. used that to fund the very first order. And I had two really practical ideas in my head that just stuck with me. That was one, don't spend more than you make. And two, reinvest every penny back into the business as you make more money. And so I kept my day job at these different restaurants for about a year and a half while I was working 
going to farmer's markets, setting up on Sundays, building a little booth to share my wares, going to food events and finding chefs like boots on the ground, old school, face to face, like that's a famous chef. I'm going to go walk up to him and introduce myself and say hi and tell him about Headley and Bennett. And I did all of this while, again, not spending more than I made. So if I needed to buy a freaking fax machine, I had to go make you know, $200 to buy the damn fax machine. And it took so much just, I don't know, like commitment to this idea because it would have been very easy to just get a credit card and max it out and whatever. But instead I committed to this long game of if you're going to make it, you're going to earn it and you got to earn it first. And it took me much longer, I think, to grow the company to where it is now, but it also was teaching me how to run a company financially effectively, right? It wasn't just like chuck money at a problem. It was think about it, be resourceful. What can you do to get that thing? How do you need to get it? And so a lot of the things I talk about in the book are these unconventional ways to bootstrap something. Like I talk about bartering. At the very beginning, I had I needed a pattern for that first order and I didn't know how to make a pattern. It's very important in, in making clothing. And I knew a guy and I said, hey, I work at Providence. This is a fantastic situation. You know that. And I was like, let me come over and make you a meal and you help me make that pattern. It's an even trade. You're going to charge me like 250 for the pattern. The meal is like 400. So how about it? And he said, deal. And so it was just thinking about the skills that I had that I could offer the world instead of thinking about what I didn't have, which was money. It always interests me that, you know, the way that you're telling your story, it really keeps coming back to this concept that I'm hearing in my own brain, which is like, this woman comes from abundance. Not that you grew up rich, but that you see potential and you see the world in an optimistic way. You don't come from scarcity uh, in terms of like the fear base. You really, you are describing something that is so intoxicating and alluring to someone like me, which is that you can have your own story. You can have your own company. You can do it the way you want to do it. I think that that idea that you can like you said, your mother concentrated on what you what you had, not what you didn't have. That's and I think that that really has served you so beautifully. It really is amazing to see it play out in your career trajectory so far. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely a different approach, which is why I think I was so excited to write a book about it. Because when I first started Headley and Bennett, you know, I went to the business book section and every book was extraordinarily black and white literally and physically, right? In every sense of the word, it was, here's the path and and this is what you do. And then you go, you know, you get an MBA and you go over here and, and then this is, this is this, the straight journey. And I thought that can't be it because I know so many people that don't have the ability to take the straight journey. So what do they do? And there was no book for that. So I wanted to write this journey to share the failures and the learnings of going down a windy path and still standing here now at 33, now nine years into the company. You know, now we are a multi-million dollar business and we've grown and evolved and expanded, but not without the like heartache and hardship of the journey. And when you can normalize that failure is part of that journey and that you have to be willing to adapt and shift along the way, you then realize you're on the right path and you don't make yourself feel bad because you failed. 
I mean, I think the adaptability is huge because uh, obviously we've had a year of COVID where we've all been challenged. I was intrigued to see that you very quickly, early in the pandemic, realized that masks are sort of like aprons and chef wear, like uncomfortable and weird. So can you just quickly, before we let you go, tell that story about how you figured out how you were going to be a mask manufacturer early in the pandemic? Yeah, it's it's actually the last chapter in the book and it's called Wake Up and Fight. And it is that the day of the shutdown in Los Angeles, which I think was somewhere around March 16th, we we're going into our 16,000 square foot factory in, in downtown LA to shut it down. And I realized that New York City was running out of supplies. And I saw an Instagram post where somebody who's a designer who I love was saying, well, you know, if Cuomo needs masks, then we will make masks. And he's a wedding designer. And I thought that's wild. He's a wedding designer. He's like a fancy Met Ball designer. This is crazy. And I thought, man, if, you know, Christian Siriano is coming to the table and helping, we need to help too. And so at that moment, we decided to make a face mask. We called a friend who's a doctor over FaceTime and I, and same thing like the aprons. I said, what do you need? What do you love? What do you hate? What's wrong with them? What's working? How can we make them better? How can we headly and benefy them? And over the phone, he explained what he needed and we put it up live on our you know, Shopify account the next day through a buy one, donate one model. And it was so crazy because nobody was doing this the day of the shutdown. It was just Mm. unheard of. People were just freaking out, not knowing what to do because basically it felt like the world was ending. And because of us rallying and our community coming together around us after, you know, nine years of seeing us come to the table and and contribute in, in so many different ways, we were able to make over a million masks over the course of last year and donate hundreds of thousands of masks to frontline workers and hospital workers and restaurant workers and all kinds of different people that needed it. And we had never made a face mask before. There was no playbook. The entire playbook of our lives was lit on fire and we had to adapt and we pivoted. And it was the scariest thing I've ever done, but my team and I, rose to the occasion and we figured it out. And so it's just like proof is in the pudding, right? No matter how baked and along the journey you are, nothing is permanent. And every day you have to be willing to like still in a way dream first details later, right? Not everything can be perfect before you begin, but sometimes you just have to start. I'm so enthralled by your story, and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch where you go next. The book is called Dream First, Details Later, How to Quit Overthinking and Make It Happen. The author is Ellen Bennett. She is also a founder and CEO of a very cool company, by the way. Um, If you want to go check it out, it's headleyandandbennett.com. Super cool stuff. Aprons for all those people who want face masks. I'm going to buy a face mask, I think. I feel very honored that you took some time out with us today because I think your story is really important and inspirational for all of us. So thank you for joining us, Ellen. Jill, thank you so much for having me. And I love being able to share that there's a different way to do it. And for all those people out there overthinking it, this is your time. This is your time to really go after it. The world has been reset in a way that like never before. So 
take those ideas and put some action behind them, make it happen. Thanks so much for listening. That was such a great interview. Go check out Ellen Bennett's book. Check out her website, which is Headley, A-N-D, headleyandbennett.com, not an ampersand. And if you have questions for us, we'd love to hear them. Ask Jill at jillonmoney.com. That is our email address. If you're on our website, if you're on the jillonmoney.com website, just hit the contact button and we would be delighted to respond. Don't forget to tell us if you want to go on the air with us live. Okay, wash your hands, wear your masks, maintain the physical distancing. Yes, still lift someone up today. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.